0: Thank you. Let's give Carolyn a hand. Fantastic. Now, you know the way the modern world works is none of you are going to do anything about that. You're going to say, oh, I'll do it later. That's what, that's what happens normally. Huh? Hey, let's be, uh, let's be better than that. Let's make a decision to be there and to fill in our forms today. Who thinks that God just might want to meet your need for a visitor coming to our church for a real gift upon their life. Is that a real possibility? Yeah, yeah it is. It really is. So why don't you make a decision to be there and uh, put your forms in straight away. So good morning. It is a fantastic to be in church. I want to thank you for coming together to God and to gather to God's people. It's always a privilege to be with God's people and to just feel God's presence in our house and to see the good things that God's doing. And really, I am so excited about the... Uh, miracles that we constantly see in the life of our church and that's not because we're a great church just we've got a great God he is so merciful and you know to hear the the little things that are happening and you know little Samantha Stokes I think is 2.3 kilograms about that size so Samantha must be just such a little girl but what an incredible gift an incredible miracle here that Nicole's doing well. She almost died. Uh, it was that serious. We, we thought we'd lost her, lost her, but we knocked on heaven's door and said, "We will not let her go." And she's still here today. And we thank, give God praise and glory for all of that. And so it's exciting to see what God is doing. And we're trying to uh, move through this area of Ephesians chapter six. And with, uh, um, I think we do have our PowerPoint. I want to really thank the tech guys. We had a slight technical issue this morning. But I think they've been able to actually, oh, thank you guys. Because I spend a lot of time doing this. You wouldn't believe how much time it takes to put this together. But before we do that, (laughs) can I show the video first, thanks? They're waving at me. It was there. Wonderful, isn't it? I took about three hours to do this. (laughs) It's very subtle. There's one on that side. Just, we'll all say together, technology, work. Oh, no faith. (laughs) Okay. They're working hard on that. Why don't we take the opportunity to stand up and just go around and say hello to a couple of strange people. I mean, uh, (laughs) just say hello to two or three people and welcome them to church today. Try and find someone that you don't know. Try and get their PIN number off their bank account. God bless you. Now, what we're going to do is... um, Who's noticed that some of the songs in church are different from the ones that we used to sing? Songs have changed a bit, haven't they, over the years? And I love some of the new stuff, but I also love some of the old stuff. And one of the big changes has been, if you went back to like 100 years ago there were a lot of warfare songs. If you went into the 80s, there were a lot of warfare songs because it touched into that whole biblical truth that we've been talking about in spiritual warfare is that warfare is a part of the Christian life. And I don't think Hillsong's written a warfare song yet. Uh, So we've got a lot of songs now about loving God and loving people and it's all very nice. But we don't have a good warfare song anymore. So we're we're going to pick an older one now, so you might remember this one, and uh, you're going to push the play button, and it will work, because it was there. Um, You saw a mouse? Yeah, it worked. (laughs) It worked and stopped working. That was a great song, wasn't it? Uh, This is not what you want to have happen. All the... Okay. We have sound. Have a mouse. All right. You haven't heard me sing, Melissa. Oh. (laughs) Let's (laughs) pray about Gary. Why don't you pray about the media? Do you know this is spiritual warfare, don't you? (laughs) Yes Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you Lord. So we'll try. Okay, what we'll do is, if you guys, if you could throw up the PowerPoint and uh, we will get into the sermon. And while I'm preaching, they can try and fix whatever the problem is. I think we're missing Sam. You want to say something Come on.
1: I'm very brave this morning when I say I want to say something. But, you know, when God does something for you, you can't keep it to yourself, can you? Uh, You know, you you, you try and you you tell people personally what God has done for you. But there's a difference... (laughs) It makes a difference standing here before the congregation and saying, God has come through for me. Yeah. And, you know, it doesn't matter how long you've been in the Christian walk, there's victories to be won. Yeah. And there's nothing like living a victorious life and the Lord Jesus. And over the last few weeks, I've had areas that I've had to overcome. I've really had to overcome so being in Ephesians and putting on the armor of God and learning about warfare hasn't been wasted on this <laughs> one <laughs> because I, there's strategies that I haven't even recognized. But, you know, sometimes we don't recognize the strategies until we're in the yeah. battle. it's true. And it's in the battle that we need to exercise and put those strategies into operation. And I can honestly say, you know, I... I would get very upset with television programs and especially when they were telling me that I needed a funeral plan and I needed HBF Mm. and I needed this and I needed the other until I got to the point where I'd say I'm going to make a cup of tea (laughs) and I would sort of push it under the carpet and you know it wasn't until we were learning about the strongholds that I realised (laughs) that I think of strongholds as big, mighty um, evils being pulled down. But, you know, strongholds can build up so easily in our own lives without us recognizing it. And it wasn't until I heard Mike say the other week that little things can become strongholds Mm. in the mind. And I realized that it could have become a real stronghold in my mind, the fear that I had of all sorts of things. They could have been real strongholds. But, you know, I really thank the Lord that he exposed the works of the evil one. He exposed it, and I saw it for what it was. And I thank God that he's given me strength to get the victory over it. And apart from that, my health is much better.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Liz. So if you are visiting with us for the first time, we do give you a very warm welcome. And uh, we are in the middle of a series on spiritual warfare in the life of our church. And we've been looking about putting on the full armor of God. And today we're going to particularly drill down onto the flaming arrows part. And so uh, Paul talks about uh, how we are in this spiritual battle. And we've outlined just as a bit basic idea that about one-third of the challenges that are going to come into the life of the believer or the unbeliever, because the devil will fight you whether you're in or not, but particularly towards the believer, relate to the demonic realm, the spiritual realm. And he says that we do not wrestle against blood and flesh, but against principalities and powers and rulers of evil forces. And if you're new to the Christian worldview, you might say, well, what are you saying, Mike? Well, the Bible says that there is a force out there and there's the dark side of the force. We call him the devil. And then there's the white side of the force. It's a different source. It's God. There's not one force out there, two natures. There is God who is omnipotent, God who rules everything. But there is a good side and a bad side. There is such a thing as good and there is such a thing as evil. And so as we've been walking through this series, um, we are... Okay. So the second slide, when it gets there, says that this is no afternoon context, contest. So I'll put my false teeth back in. That we'll walk away from and forget in about a couple of hours. This is for keeps. Okay, next one. Here we go. Thank you. Let's say this together. This is the message version of Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. This is no afternoon athletic contest that we'll walk away from and forget in about a couple of hours. This is for keeps. A life or death fight to the finish against the devil and all his angels. It's what the Bible says, when Dawn Creeb was at the side of side of the in uh, an emergency and a daughter's there and dying, this is not a small thing. This is life and death. When the uh, prayer team were there on Thursday night praying for uh, the Stokes family and praying for Navarre's had to go and go to a funeral for his father, praying for the Creed family. This is not just a little gain. This is for keeps. It's life and death. When we pray that God will change our community, there are real people involved with real destinies and real pain, and there's a real answer, and his name is Jesus. This is warfare. And what what the enemy wants to do is to distract us so that we lose the battle. Because the Bible is quite clear. You and I are called into salvation, but we're also called into the salvation army. We are all in God's salvation army. And he's called us to win. Yeah. It's a militant army that will win. And I've just seen the light. <laughs> Next slide. Thank you, guys. So we are saying be strong. The Lord. You're getting better. Are getting better? So be strong. In the Lord. Be strong. In the Lord. Where is your strength, guys? In the Lord. Where do you get your power? In the Lord. It's in the Lord, and so be strong. In the Lord. I don't know. If I was a demon right now, my well, wife probably thinks I'm close sometimes, but I don't think I'd be very frightened by that. Be strong in the Lord. Be strong. In the Lord. Be strong. In the Lord. Be strong. Let's go. And in His mighty power. power, so we have this unlimited power. We touched on that early on in the series. It's the power that rose Jesus Christ from the dead and placed Him above. Everything. It's the power that causes life to explode into the impossible situation of corrupted body and gangrene, and life comes that translates it into eternity forever. As Lord of the church, this is amazing power, and God has chosen you, my friend, for to be the gateway for that power to flow. Hallelujah, you might just feel like you're the the keyhole in the gate of heaven, but God wants His unlimited power, His unlimited love, His unlimited peace, His unlimited joy to flow through this limited person. It's not about what I've got to give you because I've got very little to give you except for selfishness and sin and all the brokenness of my life. But God has chosen to place his hand upon my life, upon your life, that he will use you as the gateway to unlimited power, unlimited grace through you. Through you. Because it's not be strong in my power. It's not me be strong and pull myself up by my bootstraps. It's be strong in the... It's be strong in the... Fantastic. Next slide. Thank you. Okay, the first thing you put on is the belt of truth. And watch out for chicken man. (laughs) That's me, chicken man. Uh, having a bit of fun. So you put on the belt of truth. So the first thing you put on is truth. And this is the objective understanding of God's word. Know the truth and it shall set you free. But then you've got to know the truth and then live the truth. You will not succeed while you live in untruth. You have to put on truth first. And the truth is Jesus. Next uh, piece of the armour. Thank you. The next slide is of course the arm of righteousness. This is the part that protects the heart because out of the heart flows all of life. If your heart's good, your life's going to be good. If your heart's full of God, your life's going to be full of If your heart's nervous, then your life's going to be nervous. It's guard the heart. And what the devil attempts to do is to affect your heart with condemnation with this putting down that you are a failure, that you'll never make it, that you're less than a worm, that you're a bad person, that you messed up last week, that you swore at your husband, that you cheated on your... Whatever it might be. And because of that, we will never move forward in strength and victory because it gets into our heart and we think that we don't deserve it. There's not a person in this room that's beyond the supernatural grace of Jesus Christ to change your world totally, to lift you out of sickness, to heal you. You are you deserve any miracle you have faith to have. I don't know if you believe that. You deserve it. That's what that armor's about. You deserve it. Because Jesus paid the price for it. Not that you earned it, but Jesus paid the price for every breakthrough you could possibly conceive of because there is now no condemnation to those in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So that was the next part. The next uh, slide, thank you. Of course, is the action shoes, putting on these shoes, which, you know, just to make it very, very plain for all of us to understand, it means being prepared to walk across the room in the name of Jesus. That's all it means. It's walking across the room to shake Mitch's hand. How you doing, Mitch? It's walking across the room to go talk to someone you haven't seen in church before. It's walking across the street to greet the new neighbour. It's walking across the lunchroom to say hello to the person that's just going through some personal crisis. That's all it is. It's being ready for Jesus to cross the room, to put what you believe onto your shoes and actually do something about what you believe. It's the part of the warfare. Next slide. Thank you. You understand that. The shield of faith. We looked at the uh, turtle formation. Now the shield is a very important part because it involves... Uh, having put on the passive part of the armour, when the darts, when you go to warfare, you've got to put the shield on your left arm, you lift up your shield, and with that you can quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. It's put on the left arm, the place of your weakness. If you look at the brain and right brain, the right brain controls the left arm because we're cross-wired apparently. And so that means that the left part, the weak part, is the area of imagination, the area of your creativity. Very interesting, isn't it? That's where the weaknesses come, is into your right brain, which is the left side of your body. It's those thoughts of, I wonder what that would feel like. I wonder what that apple tasted like. And it seemed good to her. It seemed good to Eve when she saw the fruit. She'd never tasted it. But it was affecting the right side of a brain, the weak side of a body, and that's where we mo- meant to put the shield of faith. Yeah. It's there that you're meant to put up faith instead of thinking the other things and letting the devil play with your thoughts and stuff. So in addition, we are to take up the shield of faith. If a dart's coming right now, at this particular moment, I was going to play an air raid siren. Downloaded it and did the whole thing but we've had some technological issues today. So I'm just going to do my own air raid siren. That was pretty good. Who was that? Very good. Sounds a bit like a sick cat, but anyway. <laughs> awesome. But if we heard an air raid siren now, every one of us would know that there's incoming fire. You know, if you especially come from a war Background, and you'd be hitting the trenches going off. Friends, I want to tell you that if you've got an ear to hear, the Bible is your air raid siren. There is incoming fire. Take up the shield of faith and use it, because if you take it up, the promise of Scripture is that you'll quench all the fiery darts. That's pretty good, isn't it? But you've got to take up that shield of faith when the trouble comes, when you are being rushed to the critical. Uh, intensive care unit of the hospital, that's when you need to find your shield of faith. You've got to have that on then. When those challenges come, that's when you need it. Uh, next slide, thank you. So there's incoming fire coming in. And uh, these are flaming arrows. I'm not swearing, by the way. It's, a, it's an adjective, all right? So these are... That was a very poor joke. Okay. Um, th- what they used to do, this is a Roman flaming arrow just down the corner. They used to put some... Uh, something like, uh, you know, fibre or a piece of cotton or something like that. used to load it up, dip it in oil, set it on fire, and that's how they could go. And, of course, if you let the fiery, the fiery arrow get you, it's not pretty good, is it? You know, you know it's, it's, a flaming arrow is worse than just a normal arrow because it's burnies and stuff. So there's enemy fire coming in, so the instruction of Scripture is that we are to be wise of that. that the question, let me ask you a question. Test time, exam time. Let me ask you a question. Nobody cheating now. Don't look at your neighbor. Put away your iPads. Put away your Google machines. Here's the question. As a Christian, will you be attacked by the enemy? Oh, I'm impressed. i I'm really impressed. It's true, isn't it? You will be. The question is, you need to know you will be and what it looks like and what to do when it happens. Because if you put it into operation, you win. That's the funny, that's the good thing is you do get to win. Next slide, thank you. So here we are. Paul says that if you take up the shield of faith, you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. Now let's go back to context. We did a bit of work with you over the series to show that context is very, very important. Now, this is the church at Ephesus. From the book of Acts, we know that Paul came to Ephesus and he saw an incredible revival. The revival was such that it actually began to affect the very economy of the city because this city, Ephesus, this great great ancient city, huge population, maybe 250,000 living in the city, up to a million living around it. Uh, Our brother Steve Bolt was there for his wife recently and they were just blown away. The amphitheatre itself will seat about twenty thousand people. Incredible city, but its main trade at that time was in the occult. It was actually the third largest city in the Roman Empire, and its main trade was it was the centre of the occult. And the number one deity was Diana, the Queen of Heaven, or the Greek form of her name is Artemis. Well, guess what we know about Artemis. Well, the Bible, not the Bible, but Roman Scripture says that she was the one that held a golden bow and arrow and that she was the straight shooter that she didn't miss and that if you didn't pay her homage, if you did not worship Artemis, then what would happen is she would shoot at you flaming arrows. So here we have Paul doing a little bit underneath the text that we don't see as modern readers. He's saying, you've left... That background of the culture where you had to go to temple every week and pay homage to Artemis. And you lived in constant fear of being cursed. You lived in constant fear of someone raising a particular curse over your life, particular punishment as a result of not paying homage to Artemis. And she's a shoot of arrows. And what he's saying is you don't have to fear your biggest enemy. You don't have to fear her at all. Because God is able to make all the fiery darts of the evil one be extinguished. You don't have to worry about Artemis. Don't you love the fact that the word of God is so relevant? It's so relevant. It's addressed to you. It's addressed to me. It's for your situation where you are today. And today, the evil one may not be Artemis for you. But you don't have to fear doesn't matter how well they shoot, doesn't matter how big they are in your mind, the Bible declares that you win in all these circumstances. So the believers at Ephesus lived in real fear of attack from the dark side. There's the Roman inscription and Paul said, you don't have to worry, God's given you the victory. Can I tell you today in the name of Jesus, you don't have to worry, God's given you the victory. You don't have to believe what the doctor says. You don't have to believe what, you know, the psychologist says. You don't have to believe what any evil report is. You don't have to believe what the TV says. You don't have to believe what the economists say. You don't have to believe half the stuff that you hear every week saying, what a rotten, horrible world we are, and this is going to happen, and America's going to go broke, and this is going to happen. I want you to tell you that in the name of Jesus, you've got the victory. You've got the victory. You will win in all circumstances because God has empowered you to win with armour. So, okay, next slide. Okay, I just love this image. Now, we hear this thing where it says, you know, and take up the shield of faith by which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. Now, it comes across in our English versions a little bit soft. You will be able. The underlying Greek is, you will have power. You will have power to extinguish all the attacks. This is huge, friends. This is absolutely huge. Over the years, uh, Bob alluded to the fact that I do a lot more than what's always publicly seen. But one of the things that... God has tended to use me with over the years is actually assisting um, parents whose uh, children have have gone off into homosexuality. Uh, I've also been used with people that have got gender disorders and help people with uh, a range of things. People have gone into homosexuality as a lifestyle. And you know one of the incredible things about that particular sin or perhaps of all other sins, maybe drug addiction similar, but in that particular lifestyle and drug addiction, you will often hear the expression of helplessness. I can't help myself. I can't beat this. It's too big for me. I was made this way, and you'll hear this rationalisation coming. I mean, you can hear it from gluttons, you can hear it from people of alcoholics, you can hear it from smokers, you can hear it from a whole range of things. But in that particular area, it seems to be even more structured down. But I want you to know today that the Bible says this, that if you will locate yourself in Jesus, be seated with him, if you know how to walk in truth, and if you know how to stand if you know how to stand and you know how to stand the text says four 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 times doesn't it stand having done everything stand having done stand. if you know how to do that and if you know how to put truth in your inner core being if you know how to put a, a breastplate of righteousness on you so every time the temptation comes it doesn't get through and you don't come into condemnation and failure, but it bounces off saying, I'm right in God. I'm right in God. And if you'll then put on you know, the shoes of readiness, I want to tell you that the Bible says that you have power. That whatever you face, whatever your temptation is, whatever your habit is, whatever it is, the Bible says you have power. You do not need to weaken. Now, I'm not minimising the struggle. Hear me. I'm not minimising that there might be a battle. I'm not going to minimise the fact that you you may have to face not one, not two, but maybe multiple assaults. I'm not minimising the fact that flaming arrows are coming in on your life. But what I'm saying is the Bible says that you have power to win. And all you've got to do is raise up the shield of faith and you will win. That's what the Bible teaches. This is not you will be able. This is the nice thing for you to do. This is you have power to win every attack. There is not anything that the demon of demons, the Lord of hell himself, has got in his arsenal to get any one of us. It will be fully dressed and alert to the fact we know how you work. If I turn my back, there's no armor, is there? You know, so we have to know what to do and how to apply life and live it. But as we live it, you will win. You can beat everything in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Next slide. Thank you. So you will have power over all these attacks taking up that shield of faith. There's another statue of Artemis, the arrow shooter. Isn't isn't God good? (laughs) He's actually addressing the exact issue that they're facing in their society. Next slide. The evil one. I thank you, Liz, for what you shared because sometimes when we think that we're fighting the evil one, we do have Lord of the Rings uh, in mind with this big fiery demon and Geldof being there and we're looking at the Bell rock and we're saying, you shall not pass. I love it. But who knows, I've never, I have never seen the devil like that. Never. I have never seen the devil manifest like that. But what I have to do is I've seen him manifest in many other ways, like in technology. <laughs> like in the little irritations that come. So let's look at what evil actually is. This is from the Bible. You can go to your Strong's Concordance. You can check me up if you like. But evil does mean wicked. That's not the musical that I'm told is actually quite a good little song and dance number. Full of labours. Just busy. Is anybody here would actually say, actually, Mike, when you think about it, being too busy is probably a bit evil? A few cows. Mm. Being too busy is evil. It's enough to mess up your life, being too busy. Even God rested on the seventh day. And the Sabbath is made for you and me to be normal, spiritual living beings on planet Earth. We actually do need to recharge. Even Jesus went away to recharge. So, being full of levers is part of spiritual warfare. Part of the arrows that can come into my life isn't just, you know, demons with pitchforks and tails, and all the, some of it's just plain busyness. Yeah. I would say probably the greatest spiritual challenge in my life is to continually fight away from busyness. So, hardships, yeah. But we often don't identify a hardship as an attack from the enemy you know the car breaks down when you've got no money we don't often see that as an attack from the enemy do we but you just happen to say no i want to trust god now i want to begin to use my uh use my car to go pick people up around from church i'm going to be committed to connect group i'm going to be doing this and stuff and suddenly the car breaks down. we often don't put the two together but hardships can be evil um Pressed and harassed by labours, again very much this idea of busyness going on. You know, pressed and harassed, being pushed and shuttling. You feel like you're a bumping car at the royal show. You know, wherever you go, someone's running into you and laughing at you, uh, bringing toils, perils, annoyances. If you have someone in your life who's constantly bringing you annoyances and perils and toils, it's spiritual warfare. Something that challenges your faith, something that erodes faithfulness. Oh, I just won't come to church this morning. I'll go next week. They can do without me. You know that's spiritual warfare. Yeah. We need you here every week, every man, woman, and child, because I want to tell you when every foot when every seat's full, we will exp- we'll expand the building. We'll buy the thing across the road. We'll buy a car park. We'll keep on building. And we'll keep going until there's no one going to hell in Armidale. Hello? Hallelujah? So we need you. We actually do need you. We need you to come to church and to lift up your voice and praise the living God. So the visitor coming into the presence of this church for the very first time, and they're asking the question, is God real or not? They're sometimes looking at your face to know that. We need you. That which causes pain and trouble. That's not your partner. That's not your spouse, by the way. (laughs) Uh, A bad nature, bad condition. Physical sickness or disease. Now, I'm not saying that all physical disease and sickness is demonic. I'm not saying that. But sometimes it is. Sometimes it is. So we've got to be like that. Blindness. Oh, how much of the evil we see in the world is really... Blindness. People just can't see what we see. They can't see that a lifestyle of chasing money and stuff is... They just can't see. They actually think that one power ball is the answer to life. They just can't see where their choices will take them. And ethical wrongness. So, you know, this is this is evil. This is how the demonic comes into our life. It's not always, you know, the little imp with the pitchfork Sometimes it's just stuff, evil stuff. Apparently, I say stuff too often, so end stuff. Thank you, David. Now, the Bible says that uh, if you'll take up the shield of faith, that you'll extinguish all the fiery darts of them. Understand? It's the word extinguish. It's not block. It's not catch. It's extinguish, it's quench. And if I had another hour, I'd actually show you how in one Thessalonians chapter five we're told not to quench the spirit, because these these ideas are somewhat connected in Paul's thinking. But we don't have time for that today. The idea is that we are meant to quench the fiery darts. If you imagine catching the flaming arrows and wandering around for shield on fire, still not a good idea. Yeah. It's meant to quench the fire darts and the way that the fiery darts would be quenched is that the Roman soldier, before going to war, would take his shield that's made out of leather, it's got some steel plates on the inside and ironing, but basically it's a leather shield and he would soak it in water before he went to battle. So when the arrow hit the leather, the leather wouldn't burn, it would be quenched So here's the deal, my friends, is that you've got to understand, here's the big idea, that warfare involves preparation. It involves going dressed for battle, putting on the right clothes and being ready. Because a dry shield is better than no shield, amen, but a wet shield will quench all the fiery darts, all of them. It's wet. And I believe that essentially it's talking about the deep thirst, in every one of us the devil wants to feed the thirst the hunger in our souls by saying here pigs feed i'll give you the slops of the world feed away thank god we're not eating slops anymore we're not into the pig food that the prodigal father gave us we've moved away from getting drunk and feeding on drugs and immorality and stuff thank god we don't feed like swine anymore hallelujah But religion says this. Religion says, don't feed at all. Don't be thirsty. And all it does is create a bigger thirst. But Jesus says, come, eat of my body, drink of my blood, and you shall be satisfied. Here's the spiritual metaphysical truth of what he's saying. It's not about the physical shield. It's about satisfying your thirst in Jesus. Jesus hung upon the cross in John chapter 9 and verse 28. And he said, in order for the scripture to be fulfilled, he cried out, I thirst. And then he said, if any man be thirsted, let him come to me and drink. And he who will drink of me out of their innermost being will flow rivers of living water, hallelujah! You've just got not—you've got more than enough water just for yourself. You've got water for everybody, hallelujah! But that's it. Here comes a little missile. Here it comes—a little Exocet missile. One million dollars, French invention. They're pretty good. They can aim out and say, so, "So, it's coming in. What are you going to do?" Bye. I'm going to run. I'm going to do this. What you've got to do is put up your shield and have your appetite located and satisfied in Jesus. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. So when that thought comes, oh, just go to that little channel you know, on the internet. Just have a little bit of pornography and stuff. Up goes the shield of faith. I love my God so much. Why would I want to do that? That's pig food. Or the thought comes in, you know, I'm going to, you know, I've got gender issues happening in my life and I don't know if I'm this or that or whatever and stuff. The thought comes in, how do you deal with that hunger? If you've satisfied your thirst and hunger in God, up goes a wet shield and you will quench some of the fiery darts. No, you'll quench all the fiery darts of the enemy so wet your shield matthew chapter 5 verse 6 says blessed to be happy to be envied fortunate to be most envied are those who hunger and thirst for right things for they will be filled friends satisfy your hunger in your relationship with jesus I so hope you understand what I'm talking about because it's not putting up your hand once at a crusade saying, I make a decision. It's not actually just signing a membership card. It's not being bought into a church and being dragged there by your parents your whole life. Real salvation is about entering into this dynamic relationship with God where He is meeting your needs at the most intimate level. Friends, here's the deal. You were created by God to be in relationship with Him. And if you don't satisfy that in Him, then you will try to get that need met in a bottle of alcohol, in selfish living, in pills, in sport, in ego, in relationship. All sin is an attempt to find what's missing in your life because you're hardwired for that to be met by God. And outside of that, you can go to church for 300 years and never learn what I'm talking about here today. And I pray that I'm being clear that you know what I'm saying, that God has created you for himself and he wants you to find your hunger, your needs met. We've celebrated communion today, the Lord's Supper, and it's a very outward memorial action to show the inward reality that we should all be living in, feeding on him, drinking on him, making our, locating our life in him is what we're about. Um, are we good with the video? It's not going to work. It's down. All right. I'll try and have it ready for you next week. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. He has trampled out the grapes of wrath where the vintage store. He has loosed his faithful lightning and his terrible swift sword. His truth is marching on. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah... Glory, glory, hallelujah... His truth is marching on... Glory, glory, hallelujah... Glory, glory, hallelujah... Glory, glory, hallelujah... hallelujah. His truth is marching on. And now you'll pray for your senior pastor. (laughs) It was set to scenes over Australia that ended up in Armidale in your faces. Because it is just touching on that theme that God wants to raise up an army. Just not now, church. Please never hear me be super spiritual thinking that we are unique. But God wants to raise up the church in Australia to actually touch our nation. And that means that we move beyond just being here for me, mine, and the Bless Me Club, but we move into a place where we actually say, God, you've called us to be soldiers in Jesus, soldiers of the cross, and we're going to put on our armour, and we're going to feed on you, and we're going to lift up our shield of faith knowing that we win. Who's tired of losing battles? I've lost a few over the years. I've done some stupid things. I've let the things get in sideways, not understanding what it is. I've driven around in my car time saying, Can I go home? I'm so at disease and whatever. I know what it's like to be in spiritual warfare. I understand the darkness that can come, the depression that comes. I understand these things. I, what I want to do is win. And I'm learning to put on Jesus better and better and better. There's some good Greek for you, some good education. And so, well, the service has not gone the way I wanted, but I pray you bless, dear Father. Thank you, Lord, that uh, you have given us this word that men have laid down their lives for, they've been burned at the stake for. It's been translated into virtually every language on the face of the earth. That Lord, you would give us truth, and in that truth, if applied to our lives, we could live in victory. And we pray, Lord, that these just won't be words. It just won't tintillate our thinking. But, Lord, we will actually appropriate it, Lord, by the power of your Spirit and apply it to our lives. Dear Lord, help us to understand what the Apostle Paul prayed, that the eyes of understanding would be open, that we would have a grasp of how infinite is the love of God according to the power that works within us, dear God. Lord, there's power in us. If we'll just learn how to release it In the name of Jesus. So dear God, I thank you for this army that you're building. I thank you for this band of brothers, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that each week, Lord, we see the gospel preached, Lord. We see lives touched. We see the hungry and the poor fed in our community, Lord. We see hugs and loves, Lord. Breakthrough prayer, Lord. Evangelism, Lord. Youth ministry, Father. Lord, we thank you that you're building your church. Lord, help every individual here today to live in the victory that your dear son paid for on the cross. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 God bless you. So, why don't you stay for uh, some fellowship? Cup of tea, cup of coffee, and stuff. We're, we've got, I think, Asher making his famous cups of coffee. So, really good and stuff. And uh, let's sing the stand. And. Uh, we will, uh...